We give you praise in this place, Lord Jesus. We thank you that you still every storm. We thank you for the wonderful peace that you give to our lives. And we're in this place today, together as your people, singing your praise, giving you thanks for your wonderful goodness to us. Thank you, Lord. You are the Prince of Peace. The Prince of Peace. And irrespective of what faces us, irrespective of what we go through in life, we thank you with David. Even though sometimes we may walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we can confidently say, we will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Why don't we just give him a wonderful shout, a wonderful round of applause, and a massive thank you. Jesus, we love you. We praise you. We worship you, Lord Jesus. We give you praise in this place. Amen. And come on, let's thank our musicians this morning. I tell you what, what a wonderful, what a wonderful blessing. They are to us every single week as we come into this place and we sing praise to God. We really, really do thank God for the gifts that they've got and how they just bless us with them every single week. Well, this morning we're going to continue in this series of messages that we've been looking at, the secret of success and over uh, the last past weeks, we've been looking specifically how the fear of the Lord brings great success to us in our lives. When we reverence God, when we listen to his word and obey it, great blessing unfolds in our lives. And that's simply what the fear of the Lord is. It's not a mysterious thing. God doesn't demand that we fear him. It's as a result of growing in our respect, growing in our reverence as we listen to God's word and obey it as we grow in our understanding of who he is. The fear of the Lord is a wonderful freeing thing that liberates us, that empowers us and brings great, great blessing to each and every one of our lives. We've been looking that over that now for a number of weeks. This morning, we're going to change it a little and we're going to focus on another aspect of success in our lives and what brings it. And it's wrapped up in a command that Jesus gives us to obey. And this is the command that Jesus speaks to our hearts today. Very simply, it's this. Do not worry. Do not worry is a command that's unmistakably simple, but life-changing. If we embrace it, if we obey it, if we follow this command, if we take it seriously, oh, the blessing that comes as a result of it. Many of us may be facing situations in our lives currently that are causing us to worry, 
that are causing us to be fearful, that are causing us to be fretful. But into all of the chaos of worry, into all of the chaos of concern, into all of the many voices that often try to bite into our peace and bite into that abundant life that Jesus has given us, comes this clear command, do not worry. That's the word in all of its simplicity, that God wants you to hear this morning by His Spirit. That's what He wants to seed right in the core of your life so that you can go out into your world every day with your head held high, facing life, facing circumstances, fearlessly, not in your own strength, but in the confidence of the Word of God that says to you, do not worry. You never have to worry. You never have to be afraid. You never have to carry concern or carry any kind of burden in this life. This is the wonderful life that Jesus has promised every single one of us. He never wants any one of us to be ravaged by worry, to be ravaged by anxiety. God, we've said it, has not given us a spirit of fear, but love, power, and a sound mind. I tell you, when you embrace that, when we begin to understand the dimensions of that, oh, how our life goes to another level in confidence, another level in strength, and another level in godly experience, not because of our own strength, but because of the life that He has provided for us. Do not worry is the command. Do not worry is the word to your heart. Do not worry is the comforting voice that comes to your your mind and your heart today that wants to assure you about your future. You may be worried about your future. You You may be worried about what's ahead because it seems so uncertain. Oh, it may be uncertain to you, but it is not uncertain to God. God knows the plans that He has for you. Plans to give you a great hope and a wonderful future. God has those plans in His hand, and they are not going to be complicated, and they are not going to be destroyed by any other. God's going to fulfill them. God's going to bring them about, and you're going to walk in those desires that He has placed in your heart. You don't have to be afraid. You know, I remember many years ago, I'd come back from Bible school, and I didn't have a job, and I was unemployed for about eight months, and and one week it really got to me. It really got me down. Do you know, I was going back and forth to the job center every week back and forth, back and forth, and there was just nothing for me. And it gets you down after a while. When you try your hardest, when you persist, and you know, you just want to, you, you just want to contribute, you just want to work, you just want to pay your way in life, you just want to be a blessing. Remember, it got to me one night, and I said to God, I said, oh God, I just want to, I, I just want a job. It's not a big request. I just want a job. I've been trying now for eight months solid, two or three times a week going to the job center. There's nothing on the board. I want to I wanna tithe. I want to give. I want to be a blessing. I'm fed up. 
And you know, I remember I was living with my mum before we were, before I was married to Faye, and I was in the bedroom there, and the Holy Spirit said this to me just very clearly. He said, "Go down to the job centre tomorrow. There'll be a job on the board for you." Now, instead of receiving it by faith, instead of saying thank you, Jesus. For your word to me, and I knew that he was speaking to me, immediately arguments started to rise up in my heart against the word that had been spoken. Immediately that anxious voice, that worrying spirit came up and started to contend with the promises of God. And I heard myself saying and speaking to God in this way, that can't be possible. You don't know what I've been through for the last eight months. There's, there hasn't been any job on, on down in the job center for me. You know where I've been. You know what I've been through. Holy Spirit just again quietly assured me, go down to the job center tomorrow. There'll be a job on the board for you. Well, you know, that night I went to bed heavy-hearted and wrestling with this decision, decision shall I, shan't I? arguments in my heart as to the reasons why there could not possibly be a job on that board for me. Let me tell you, he's the way maker. We've sung it. He's the way maker. God encouraged us. The Holy Spirit encouraged us last week at the beginning of the service. God will make a way where there seems to be no way. That's the testimony, the age-old testimony of the church of God and every believer. I went down that next day to the job center and lo and behold, to my surprise, there was a job. One job advertised on the board. I couldn't believe my eyes. It was just as it, as, it was just as God had said it would be. Well, I, I, I took the card to the, to the lady and I sat down and I said, I'm qualified for this job. I, I see it's there. She said, oh, it just came in this morning. <laughs> she, said, she said, would you like me to make the call for you? It was a company in Newport. I said, that would be fantastic. She makes the call. The gentleman on the other side of the phone said, can he come for an interview immediately? Well, I jumped in my car. Down I went. To the, to the engineering factory, and um, I was ushered into a man's office. I had an interview, and within 45 minutes of that interview, I had the job, and I was working. I was working the next day. You see, God will make a way where there seems to be no way, and sometimes you need to persist. You need to be patient. You need to get to that point of desperation where you cry out to God. And that still small voice cuts in to that desperation and he leads you through on into that way that he has planned and pre-planned for your life. You may be concerned, I say this, you may be concerned here about your future. It's understandable. You've got questions. No problem with that. Listen, listen. Don't let those questions become like Huge, insurmountable mountains that you cannot pass. Now, God's going to make a way. He's going to make a way for you. 
and he's going to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask or think. Just keep praising him. Just keep honoring him. Just keep thanking him every day. Just keep declaring the goodness that, and, and, and the, the, the dream that he's placed in your heart. Keep thanking him for it. And I tell you, you'll find, you'll find that he will make that way where there is, where there is no way. God doesn't want any one of us to worry to be bound by anxiety. He wants us to be free in trusting him and full of expectation for him to do great things in our lives. Corey Ten Boom very wisely said, worry is like trying to carry tomorrow's load with today's strength. Carrying two days load all at once, never empties tomorrow or any other day of its sorrow. It simply empties today of its strength. God has not designed any one of us to carry tomorrow's load with today's strength. No, we have strength for today. Trust him for today. He's going to work out all of our tomorrows. Amen. Do not worry. I'm just setting the scene here for us this morning. Do not worry is a loving command, not a cold-hearted command, but a loving command from a loving Savior that wants us to lay down all of our frantic attempts of trying to work things out. It's where we hand everything back to God where we refuse to hold the concerns and the cares of this world in our own hands and we relinquish them again back to God and we make him center of our lives, trusting him, relying on him, placing all of our life's weight on him. This is what gives you peace of mind. This is what brings you joy. This is what Makes your life fruitful. You'll never be worried. You'll never be fruitful if you're worrying all the time. You'll never be fruitful if you're anxious. Never. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 6. And just listen to this command where Jesus says, do not worry. Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 to verse 27 says this. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? When Jesus says, do not worry, it's very important, extremely important for our lives that we listen and obey 
his word to us. Because when we understand this, and when we live free from anxiety, worry, and the cares of life, we walk in his peace. We walk in his joy. We walk in fulfillment. It doesn't mean to say that we won't have problems. It doesn't mean to say that there won't be compli- complications that come our way at times that are difficult to move on through. But we will retain that peace to go through every storm, to go through every circumstance, to face every crisis head on. You may ask today, you, because you, you may, f- you may f- feel worried You may feel anxious. You may ask today, well, how is it possible to live free from this? How is it possible not to be bound and held by this spirit of fear? It's possible when we make the Word of God again central in our lives. And the encouragement of God's word right throughout from beginning to end is to believe his word, to give it central place in our lives. I believe it's in Colossians chapter 3. Paul says this, let the word of Christ dwell within you richly. I tell you, when that word of Christ dwells within us richly, worry will not have place or hold in any of our lives. It simply won't. Smith Wigglesworth, that great preacher, from Yorkshire, once said, one day, worry came knocking at my door. So I sent faith to answer, and worry was no more. Hallelujah. When worry comes knocking on your door, send faith to answer. In the name of Jesus, take hold of the Word of God, and I'm telling you, deal with that wicked spirit of fear, anxiety, and worry. And I'm telling you now, you'll see it run with its tail between its legs. Tell you, it's powerful. The Word of God, it really is. Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones, and I've said this before, but it's important to say it again, made this comment. He said, have you realized yet that most of your unhappiness in life is due to the fact that you listen to yourself instead of speaking to yourself? When you listen to that worrying spirit, when you listen to that voice of fear, I tell you something now, it'll bind you and it will talk you to death. But when you stand up in the name of Jesus, in the power of the Spirit, with the Word of God in your mouth, and you speak back to that Spirit, I tell you, it's got to go. It has no place, and it runs in terror of you with the Word of God in your mouth. It's powerful. It really is. The Bible in Joel chapter 3 says, Let the weak say, I am strong. Speak up, child of God, in your weakness. Speak up, child of God, and declare the Word of God over your life, over your family, over the circumstances around you. Speak up, child of God, in your weakness. Declare the Word of God and be strong in it, irrespective of how weak you feel. Let the weak say, I am strong. It doesn't say, let the weak 
listen to their worries so that their lives will get worse. No, stand up in your weakness and declare, I am strong. Not in your own strength, but in the strength that's been provided for you through the Word of God. Let the redeemed say. Let the redeemed say so. Speak out. Don't listen to that lying, deceiving voice anymore. But contend with it with the Word of God. When you understand exactly what worry is, we're going to look at it now. When you understand what worry is, I guarantee you, you'll never want anything more to do with it. You'll never entertain it again. You will contend with it. You will fight it on every front. Worry is a spirit from the spirit of fear. And Jesus doesn't want any one of us to come under its counsel. That's why he commands us not to worry. When Jesus used this word, worry, he was using a very strong word. And when you look at the word and the word pictures associated to this word, you see why Jesus was so direct with his command. The worry that Jesus is talking about here is of a disquieting, disturbing, tormenting thought. Have you ever had one? A disquieting, disturbing, tormenting thought. That's one of the main ploys of the enemy. To hold you down, to hold you back, to suppress your potential, to suppress your life. He's a deceiver. He's, a, he's the father of lies, Jesus said, from the very beginning. One of his main ploys to suppress the life and the potential, and the beauty that God has given each one of us is to disturb us with disquieting and tormenting thoughts. The picture of be, is, be, uh, is of being weighed down with mental cares, distress, and trouble. If you're weighed down this morning with mental cares, with distress, and with trouble. If you're tangled up in the web that the enemy has spun around you in your mind, the answer is simple. Do not worry. Do not fear. Hold on to God's word and contend with that voice. And I'm telling you now, you will win the battle as you place your trust in him. The picture is of being in distress, troubled. And the word that Jesus uses also describes a person that's divided. Divided and drawn away in many different directions, in their minds and in their emotions. 
over here and over there. And there's, there's, they're just completely divided in their thinking. Jesus says in this command of do not worry, for us not to be like that. For us not to be disquieted. For us not to be distressed. For us not to be tormented. For us not to be divided in many different directions. He's showing us another way to live, another way of life, the God way of living. The word worry also conveys the idea of being mentally distressed and agitated. The picture is of a person being, this is powerful. The picture is of a person being strangled and held in a mental chokehold, slowly gasping for every breath because worry has its hands around your thoughts, around your attitudes, resulting in you acting and living your life in a very limited, confined way. It's an awful picture. The word that Jesus uses here is a strong word. And that's why the command is so direct. That's why the command is so forthright. Do not worry, he says. When we worry, we have to meditate. You go into meditation when you worry. And thoughts revolve around in your mind over and over. You, you know when you've given your, your mind to a spirit of worry. You know when you've given your mind to a, a spirit of fear because thoughts revolve around in your head and all various kinds of scenarios occur in your imagination. And you get tangled up. You get confused. And in the end, you're just spiraling down. In a hopeless place. That's not God's will for any single one of us. That's not God's will for any person to have as a condition of life. No believer has to be in that place. No believer has to be under that spirit of fear. But the point here is this. When we, when we worry, we're giving that spirit of fear permission because it needs our cooperation. It needs our permission to operate in our lives. That's why Jesus emphatically says, do not. Do not worry. You see, he knows our tendencies as people to give worrying thoughts a place and a hold in our lives. He knows our tendency to listen to all of these many voices that would come our way and influences. Worry can only thrive when we allow it to thrive. When we fuel it by listening to its voice and responding to it with our thoughts and actions. The only way 
to counteract this spirit of fear, to counteract this spirit of worry, is to take hold of God's word and speak it out. Declare it. Contend with it. Another picture from this word is of a person being ravaged or bitten. Much like a pack of wolves would surround their prey, biting into it, ravaging it, consuming it. That's the same picture that's associated with this word that Jesus tells us clearly to stay away from. It's like being ravaged by a pack of animals, biting, consuming, and destroying. That's the danger that Jesus is commanding us away from. That's the imagery that's used in this word. Being surrounded by thoughts coming at you from every angle. I tell you something now, if you've ever experienced this, you know it's not God's will for your life. Jesus said, or Paul said actually, we have the mind of Christ. Amen. There's no worry or fear or anxiety in his mind. Hallelujah. And we have that mind. We have to appropriate his word, believe it, and live in it. It's a strong warning that Jesus gives us. It's not a light-hearted suggestion. And the reason why I am laboring this this morning and we are staying with this is because I know that very often we allow our minds to wander. We watch this and we watch that, and slowly but surely, the enemy tries to get a foothold, and he makes that foothold a stronghold until we get into patterns within our thinking that really try to control and restrict our lives. If that is you this morning, I tell you, from this moment forward, stand up in the power of the Lord and say like Zechariah said, it is not by might, it is not by power, it is by God's Spirit, says the Lord, and contend with that fearful voice. Contend with those worrying thoughts and live in this new life that Jesus has provided for you. Do you know when you left home this morning, did you lock your front door? Or did you leave it wide open? You know, when you go to work tomorrow, you know, you're going to leave the front door and the, the windows and the back door open for any old intruder just to walk in and take your goods? No, of course you're not. You're going to lock that door. If you've got a security system on your house, you're going to type in the code and you are going to make that security system live so that no intruder comes into your home to take your goods away, to, to steal your valuables. Very often, you know, we go out into life, we place security systems on our homes, we lock our doors, we've got all kinds of, you know, modern technology that guarantees against intrusion. You've got, you know, fingerprinting, scanning, haven't you? You've got 
eye recognition. You've got firewalls for everything. But the most unguarded place in life is the human heart. We leave that unlocked and open for any intruder to walk in through and take away our goods, take away our peace, take away the joy that that we have in life. No, we're going to lock the doors with the Word of God. You're going to send faith to the front door and make sure that worry and anxiety has no longer any place in your life. Proverbs 4, you know the verse well, says this. Verse 23, Proverbs chapter 4, above all else. doesn't say above all else. Lock the doors in your house and make sure you've got a good security system on your car. And all of these, you know, face recognition systems on your phone and firewalls on your computers. No, above all else, guard your heart, child of God. Guard your heart. For everything you do flows from it. The most precious place in life is the heart. Just don't let anything go through it. Don't let anything arrive on your doorstep. Guard your heart. When Jesus gives us this simple command of do not worry, he's telling us to secure our hearts, to make sure that no unwelcomed intrusion intruder comes in and destroys our lives. It's a simple command that we have to take to heart and obey. Many years ago, I remember waking up one night. I was worried. I was anxious. It was the early hours of the morning. And you know, all of the all of the, the pictures that I've just described to you about worry, they were kind of going on in me. I was being tormented. I was certainly disquieted. It was as if that pack of wolves had surrounded me and were biting into me and devouring me and tormenting me. And I was cornered. And outside, it was a it was a really dark night, a, a stormy night, and the, the rain was beating on the windows. And I heard a little voice, that voice of fear, that voice of anxiety, that voice of worry spoke up. I don't know how I'd allowed worry to have its way with my life. I really don't know. But somehow I had allowed it to come in. Somehow I'd given it permission. Somehow I'd entertained its thoughts. I'd not been quick enough with the word of God. I might have been, like Jesus said about his disciples, a forgetful hearer, probably was a forgetful hearer of the word of God. And now I was in a real place of panic, a real place of worry. I heard that little voice say to me, your life is just like that chaotic storm. Outside, it was dark, cold, bleak. And you know what? As I listened to that voice, I had to agree with it. When I looked at my life, when I looked at my mental condition, I had to agree with it. But then inside, 
in desperation, I cried out to God. Please, God, I said. And this has happened many times in my life. I'm sure it has in yours too. I said, please, God, you hear the voice of the enemy. Please, I need you to speak to me. Please speak to me. Help me. Because my life is like that dark picture outside of my window. Please. And you know, the Holy Spirit, when you're desperate, he'll always speak. Sometimes you want a conversation with God. You ask him questions, he won't answer. But when you're desperate, when there's a cry that comes from your heart, I tell you now, he will speak clearly, clearly. And this is what he said to me. He said, Dave, listen to the birds. Listen to the birds. Here I am, tormented. Here I am, disquieted in my mind. Here I am with this this pack of thoughts all around me, biting into me, ravaging me, taking all of my goods. And you're telling me to listen to the birds. Listen to the birds. You see, I could only, at that point, hear the noise of the storm. But then, as I began to try, in amidst all of that noise, to listen, I could hear the birds. I heard the birds. And do you know what the birds were doing? In that storm, in that dark night, when the rain was beating against the window, when the thunder was roaring and the lightning was flashing, do you know what the birds were doing? Whistling. I'll, I'll give you a little rendition. Because whilst I can't sing, I'm a very good bird whistler. This is what they were doing. <laughs> now, you can imagine the darkness, the storm. Are there any good whistlers out there? Come on, let's, let's do it. Let's make this 4D. <laughs> I think that was a blackbird, that one. Do you know what? That's it. Keep whistling. <laughs> Sound effects in the church is wonderful. Right? Do you know, like, as the, as the birds were whistling, I suddenly got the picture. I understood what God was trying to say. They were completely unmoved by all of the trouble around them. They were completely unaffected by the darkness, by the raging storm. They, they, they knew that they were going to get on through it, and it was going to be morning soon. They weren't responding to the noise of the storm. They were just chirping happily in the midst of all of the darkness. Do you know, straight away, I understood what God wanted me to do, and I just quietly in my heart began to sing praise to God. Just Thank you, Lord. Praise you, God. Thank you for speaking to me. 
Thank you for meeting me in my distress. You've taken away all my fears, my anxiety, my panic, my, my uncertainty about the future. In this little word that you've given me about the birds, you've changed my life. Thank you. I didn't say it that loud because Faye was asleep. But in my heart, I was rejoicing and I went on into a new day into a new season, free from worry. Now, there's been lots of other times that I could tell you, that you could tell me about, where, where that, that spirit of fear has tried to attack me. That worrying voice has harassed me. And in all honesty, I haven't always been alert. Sometimes I've entertained its voice Sometimes I've grappled and allowed it to come in and dictate and demand that I listen to it. And then again, it just brings you back to that place of weakness. Oh, God, please. And he comes and he gives you peace. Maybe today you're struggling. But the Lord speaks his word to you. He speaks his word to you. It's going to be okay. It's going to be absolutely fine. Jesus goes on to very simply teach us in a childlike way about the birds. He says, look at the birds. Look at them. Learn from the birds. They're not falling to pieces emotionally, worried where their next meal is going to come from. You don't see the birds queuing up one bird after another at Tesco's, trying to store and hoard all the food they can for a rainy day. You don't see the birds dropping out of the sky because they're dying of hunger. No, the birds, the birds are well cared for by God. They do not know where tomorrow's supply is going to come from. But today is being supplied. Today is being provided for. And therefore, there is no need to concern about tomorrow because today they are provided for by their Creator. Knowing this, Jesus says, of how much more worth are you? Maybe we need to reevaluate. the value that we have before God. God loves every one of us very, very much. And very often, one of the biggest fuels that fires our worries is the fact that we may think that God doesn't care for us. God doesn't love us. Well, that couldn't be further from the truth. 
God loves us unconditionally, unimaginably. We are in his heart and in his mind. And he will provide for us. I can ask the musicians to come. We're going to close this morning. I hope this morning that this has settled your heart for some of us more than others. Do you know when I was a young kid, about eight years of age, I had a fascination with matches. I loved matches. Swan Vestas. Remember those? Fantastic. Do you know, my mum would catch me with a box of matches. She's at the back for there. David! Don't you play with those matches? Why, mum? Because they're dangerous. You might light a fire. I know, ma'am. That's why I'm playing with them. David, give me those matches. She'd take the matches off me. But I'd look for matches. All of her warnings about how dangerous matches were didn't deter my desire to light the match, to create the flame. It didn't matter how much she warned me. I was intrigued. It was, it was exciting to light that little match. Well, one night, mum and dad went out to church. We were living in Yorkshire. And I found a box of matches. I started lighting them one by one in the kitchen. Fantastic. Light a little match. There it was. Let it burn until it got near my fingers and then throw it in the sink. Well, I lit this one match. And how it happened, I don't know. But there was a pile of papers in the corner on the countertop. And I flicked it the wrong way and on it went to that pile of papers. And suddenly, the whole of the corner was engulfed in flames. Well, I didn't know what to do. I knew how to light a match, but I didn't know how to put out a fire. I started to cry. Help! Mom and Dad are in church. Help! My brother, Jonathan, was upstairs. Jonathan! I tell you, when in doubt, call your big brother. He runs down. He could hear the, the fear in my voice. Jonathan! Runs down into the kitchen. Dave, what have you done? There's a fire in the corner. Things being burned. He grabs a bucket of water, chucks it all over the place in the corner and extinguishes the flame. Don't do that again, he said, and off he went back upstairs. I thought, my goodness, mum's going to find out about this and I'm going to be in big trouble. So I run up to bed, put the covers over my head, and the next morning, my mom graciously said, David, I told you, didn't I, son? Don't play with matches. I learned a lesson. I learned a lesson that day of how something so small can have 
great potential to do much damage. When Jesus says, do not worry, he's kind of saying, don't play with fire. Don't light the match. Don't strike it. Even though it might be just a small thought, a small imagination, don't allow it to burn in your life. Trust God. Trust God. Place your faith in Him. He'll take you through. Amen. I'm going to pray right now before we sing. In some of our minds this morning, the fires may be raging. Concerned, worried, anxious. That's okay. Jesus is going to put out the fire. We're going to pray and we're going to give it to him. Areas of our mind, areas of our heart, areas of our lives that we have concerns about. We're going to give it to him. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart, David says. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Trust, therefore, in the Lord. Don't lean on your own understanding anymore to work life out. Place it in his hands. Father, I thank you for your wonderful people this morning. And Lord, we hear your word to our hearts. Do not worry about life. Lord, we just want to completely place our trust and our faith and our hope in you and live in the joy and the peace that you've created us to live in. Father, as we do this, I pray that the peace of God that passes understanding will guard our hearts and our minds through Christ Jesus. If there is anybody in this room that's being ravaged by that voice of worry, Holy Spirit, I ask you to set us free right now. Right now, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you are our counselor. You are our helper. You are the lifter of our head. So, Holy Spirit, I ask right now that you would take away any burden, any weight, any voice that has been given access to our lives. Lord, I pray that you would lift it now, silence it now, in Jesus' name. Amen.